<laughs> so I said, you're not going to regret this, Ray. Everyone's got three mortgages nowadays. <laughs> oh, I mean, 10%, I didn't even really bargain with the guy, but, you know. Christopher. Mattstopher. Would a male author describe your breasts as A, small but persistent, B, bountiful but unimaginative, C, stern but not without charm, D, perky and non-judgmental, E, shy but good listeners, F, robust and welcoming, or G, shriveled, dusty to the touch. What is this from? That's Emily Murnane on Twitter. It, are these... Oh, thank God. For a moment, I thought it was going to be like, these are genuine descriptions. They might that have been well used. be. Oh, God. I mean, everyone knows that I'd describe my breasts as nerdy news, geeky gossip, stuff that's fit to fill your time till we all perish in a great, terrible fire at the Baudelaire mansion. We're all gonna die! Don't worry, he'll always be with us in our memories! Um... As far as I'm concerned, Justin Fletcher has done many great things in his life, but that is the best thing mm. I've ever seen him in because every time I hear that line in Monkey Dust, I piss myself laughing. It's big dumb cast. Um, I'm Chris. Don't mention the war, Johnson. And I'm. I mentioned it once, but I think I got away with it, Watson. <laughs> no first name. Uh, hey, do you remember when John Cleese used to like not be such a pussy? <laughs> Oh, it must come with age. It's weird, isn't it? It's like watching all your favourite rebel comedians and musicians turning into absolute cunts. It's so bizarre. Talking about our favourite showing their asses. No. So. Oh. We're going straight in, are we? This is unsubstantiated. Oh, okay. Well, un- oh. unconfirmed. Okay. But this is a this is a news article that went up yesterday on Gizmodo. Uh, Gizmodo, um, veritable news site. Don't get it wet uh, or feed after midnight. No. No. Keep it out of the light as well. Um, <laughs> create a Gremlodo. Simu Liu's alleged old Reddit account is why you should never post. Oh, Jesus Christ. Marvel's Shang-Chi star Simu Liu is under fire for old Reddit posts linked to the actor that should have stayed in the drafts to begin with. Oh, God. Right, so... so before we even begin, he is, what, 34? think so yeah 32 okay so we are we are we are millennials whether we like it or not and we are of the age where it was all new to us the internet was all new to us and we got excited and we wrote shit even as our minds were still developing and we were still petulant children slash teenagers etc etc future generations will absolutely based on how this sort of stuff is received in the next decade double down on not giving a shit or will be way more careful about what they say because they're seeing now the effects the same way like the first generation who smoked like troopers didn't really see the effects of it Mm. like that's what's happening here we are now starting to see the effects of a life lived carefree and shitty online when you are too young to know better or old enough that you should know better but type it anyway Mm. That being said, 
Whatever is about to be said, he should probably at least say, yeah, that was a dick move. I'm sorry. What the fuck has been unearthed? <laughs> so. He's, Matt's like rubbing his scalp and biting his lip and he, oh, I'm so worried where this it is going to go. Dude. Last week, fans began sharing screenshots of Reddit comments the actor allegedly made years before he was well known to say they were not great would be an understatement. Oh, fuck nuggets. Through the Nipped in the Bud profile, which has been credibly linked to Liu via a searchable GitHub tool that archives Reddit accounts, has since been deleted. Uh, multiple screen grabs of posts tied to the account have been making the rounds online and causing a certain degree of backlash because of their content and where they were initially written. In addition to making casually sexist remarks about women being inferior athletes to men and inelegantly expressing disdain for extremism in a way that carried Islamophobic overtones, nipped in the bud, and by extension, Liu, came under fire for participating in r slash AZN Identity, a subreddit that's known as a hub for an Asian-identified subset of the men's rights activist community. Ooh. Though r slash AZN Identity purports to be a space that's against all forms of anti-Asianism, anti-Asian racism, the subreddit has a well-documented history of being a meeting place for aggrieved men who launch coordinated attacks typically against women, some of whom are Asian themselves, that they've identified as being race traitors in some way or another. While none of the screenshots making the rounds have directly linked nipped in the bud to any of the group's more vicious behaviour, the account being at all present associated with r slash um, AZN identity raised eyebrows because of what kind of place it is. Somewhat more concerning oh, fuck. than the digital Somewhat company. more concerning than racially motivated incel cult behaviour. Uh, somewhat more concerning than the digital company nipped in the bud kept, though, were ideas expressed in a post likening paedophiles to gay people. Oh, fuck. In a comment posted oh. back in 2015, when Liu would have been 26, <gasps> nipped in the bud described how they'd done, quote, a significant amount of research for a show in which they portrayed a paedophile and how the experience made them quote, much more sympathetic to anyone who is born with those urges. The deleted post read, once again, quote, from a biological standpoint, it's no different than being gay. Oh, a small mutation gosh. in the genome that defines our sexual preferences. Depending on what area of the world you were born and what time, it may also have been a perfectly acceptable thing to act on those urges. End quote. The post also made clear that the person writing it felt that people preying upon children was wrong, as is the history of queer people's sexualities being pathologised by both the medical and criminal justice systems. Though Nipped in the Bud did not mention specifically which role they were describing, uh, because, yeah, because significant amount of research for a role, um, uh, because the account seems to be Liu, it stands to reason that it was talking about the actor's stint on Blood and Water, a trilingual right. Canadian crime drama that began running in 2015, in which L uh, Liu portrayed Paul Ji, the eldest son of a powerful real estate magnate who becomes one of the suspects after his younger brother Charlie dies under mysterious circumstances. Over the course of the first season, you learn how his children, Paul molested Charlie, and on the abuse eventually drove Charlie to a substance abuse in the following years. When Charlie ultimately threatens to tell everyone what Paul did to him, the elder brother kills his younger sibling in a panic rage, and the bulk of Blood and Water focuses on Detective Josephine Bradley piecing the mystery together. 
What's particularly galling about Nitch and the Bud's old comments when you consider them in the context of the story... Oh, no, because everything prior to this is completely fine. Yeah, Yeah, sure. ...is that Paul Shee was not just a man suffering from an unfortunate affliction he had no control over. Throughout the series' first season, Paul is shown to be a manipulative liar who tries to use the power that comes from being editor at a local newspaper to get the authorities off his back. Oh, sorry. This is just taking it right out of me. When Paul's father, Lee Rong, Oscar Sue, uh, confronts him, he tells his son that he's always had some inkling of what was going on and struggled with the shame of it. The help Paul claims he's received to deal with his compulsions is contrasted by his willingness to deceive others within his family about the circumstances of his brother's death. And it all creates a picture of a tormented but ultimately monstrous man who only feels remorse once his secret has been exposed. Um... To its credit, Blood and Water thoughtfully explores ideas about how familial shame and secrecy often end up becoming sources of trauma in and of themselves, but it was and continues to be beyond irresponsible and deeply homophobic to liken queerness to paedophilia as nipped in the bud did after the mountains of research they purportedly put into preparing for the role. Unsurprisingly, Lee's made no direct statement in response to some of the questions about the nipped in the bud account. However... As the screenshot circulated and gained more attention, the actor added a tweet to a thread from 2019 reiterating that he's only interested in advocating for, uh, quote, positive cultural pride. Um, And the 2019 tweet reads, just a reminder that I do not ever advocate for anything other than positivity, positive cultural pride, positive iterations of Asian masculinity and femininity that means we don't put each other down, direct your frustration at the system that did this to all of us, and then say it... And then recently he's added, oh cool, this is here. What, Um, to that tweet? Yeah. To sort of go like, I've made a point already. Right. So io9 reached out to Disney and Lee's management and representatives multiple times, did not hear back by the time of publishing. It seems to be... Okay, so they were like, hi, we just want to know, do you want to say something? Because people have been talking about it and we're giving you the shot. Because again, put a pen in just a second. Here's the thing. 26, your brain is adult and developed by that point. Allegedly, yeah. Like, you can still be a jackass and you can I still... I did some you can jackass still... shit in my 20s, oh, yeah. Oh, same. You can still do stuff that you then later go, fuck, what was I doing? And you you, you learn from it. Shit, I just still thought that last week. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he's absolutely in a position where he could, if he's sincere, go, yeah, like, I was a fucking idiot. And honestly, that's not who I am anymore. It really is not. Like, I have changed. I've learned. I was... Hanging out in those kind of places didn't help. Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? He could he could clarify. And then it's up to, obviously, people as individuals to decide whether or not they they buy it or not. That's completely up to the individual. But at least he does the right thing by clarifying and being sincere, if he's indeed sincere. He seems like he's giving off that, like, oh, stuff like this, nah, move on, kind of vibe. And it's like, dude, that just makes it look like maybe you haven't grown. Yeah. You kind of have to address it, don't you? James Gunn style. Yeah, again, J- James Gunn, perfect. And again, there, I, I know there'll be people listening to this who are like, still don't want to you know, deal with him or watch his stuff. Totally fair. But fair. what he did was in 2012 when someone first said, hang on, you used to make really nasty, horrible, really fucked up jokes. You were doing a Disney movie? He went, yeah, that's not who I am anymore. Mm. I was a dickhead for doing it. Like, I honestly am sorry if I upset you with any of that. 
but that's not what that's not the film I'm going to make, and that's not the stuff I'm going to be doing with this company or going forward. And he has then proved that in everything he's made since. Yeah. So that when it got randomly brought up as a political attack from far right twats online, he lost a job over it because of the reactionary nature of the Walt Disney uh, Company. Yep. Marvel going, uh, what are you doing? He already talks about this. Went away, made the best DCEU movie, hands down. Yeah. Uh, and uh, during that period, Marvel managed to convince Disney to rethink what they were doing because he had actually proved personal growth and not to be like that anymore. Well, also, I think the, there might have been a management change as well. Well, that too. But you know what I mean? It's that whole yeah. thing of like... Well, again, there's the, the hypocrisy level of it all as well. Do you know what I mean? The whole Fuck yeah. Here's a man who you, who used to say shitty things, who was acknowledged that he used to say shitty things and doesn't say shitty things anymore. And then you've got like Ike Perlmutter, the guy stopping them from making Black Panther and Captain Marvel or a Black Widow movie for the better part of uh, the first eight years because in his words, he did not want to put money behind a film with a black lead or a female lead because no one will come and see it. Like... When you've got someone who is actively toxic and damaging and, and misogynistic and, you know, like, obviously racist in terms of his depictions and business ideas in the company or running the company versus somebody who used to say shitty, th- shitty shit, who's apologized, shitty shit. shitty shit, who's apologized oh, for it stop saying and has proven shit, that they're not like that anymore. Yeah. Like, I will always side with someone like Gunn in that situation. Yeah. Simu has been an incredibly positive force for representation for conversation over the past couple of years since his casting as Shang-Chi yeah even more so now around the film's release please Simu Liu for the love of fuck clarify your yeah, position you comment on it. You can't, now because yeah. ooh like playing it like don't barrowman this yeah don't wait too long and give a half-assed apology to the Daily Mail like to the Daily Mail, <sighs> to the Daily Mail, the Daily Mail. Like, do it now. Just do it now. Just say hi, guys. Yeah, I hung out in some shitty places online. And I used to be a really shitty person. Yeah, not like that now. I've learned since. I understand that because it. He's already got some solid evidence as to the fact that he may have moved on from those. If those are his indeed accounts, they were deleted accounts. The posts were still up. The accounts were deleted. He probably went. Yeah, this is shitty. Yeah. And deleted his accounts, changed his mind, decided yeah, to get out of that is... community and stop thinking like that or, or hanging out with people who perpetuated and furthered that kind mm. of belief system. The one that's really concerning is the one where he's like, due to my studies yeah. on a film where the studies he's apparently allegedly, if this is him, taken away from it, are the wrong fucking like side of it. Not great, mate. Even when his character's like not playing it in yeah. that. Oh, it's so weird. I yeah. just get out and say something now, my dude, please, for the love of shit. Otherwise, we all look forward to Jai Ling and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, in four years' time. Actually, I'm not even joking. I would watch that. Yeah, I'd watch that. Um, and also, there she is on my shelf. So she's she's judging us. I'd watch that, mate. I'd watch it, mate. I'd watch it, mate. Mate. You know, I wish I hadn't watched. Are we about to get into spoiler territory? Yeah. Oh, shit biscuits. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to talk about a few other little bits and pieces in a while. Are we? Yeah, Halloween. It, it, it might kill. All right, we're going to touch on that quick, and then we'll get into What If Marvel. Another bastard week, where it's another bastard Marvel thumbnail. Everyone's going to think we're biased, but guess what? They're the only ones actually bringing out any fucking news. I mean, Batman Day was this past week. Oh. And we got... um. Ooh. 
The Batman Audio Adventure. The first audio one, I think, went up online, didn't it, as well? I've not heard it. No, I was going to say, I've yet. not seen it then, but then. But it's like Daedric Bader, Jeffrey Wright. Sure, okay, I'll give it a listen. Weird pairing, especially when you think of, like, it's the ba- Brave and the Bold voice actor with the the, the, ba- the, the Batman. Yeah. Uh, Gordon, but I guess that depends how Jeffrey Wright's pitching it. Oh, it depends how Daedric Bader's pitching it. Ba- based on that trailer from a couple of weeks ago, the whole thing's been played more like a 1940s, 50s radio serial. All right, okay. So I'm like, okay. So it's got that level of you know dr- drama and gravitas, but it's also got that kitsch, slightly camp um, So I guess it's more line. like, the grey ghost! <laughs> These are the hammers of justice. Oh. God, I love Daedric Bader's Batman. I love it. I love the fact that he's Batman in Harley Quinn as well. Because yeah. it's like, yes... Giving him some slightly different material, but like using that sort of cheese as part of the DNA of it. It's, yeah. Especially when he's been paid to Alfred. Um, who's played by uh, uh, Tom Holland. Your Honda. Batman would never. Um, that Batman definitely does. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, uh, fucking uh, Halloween Kills. Final trailer is out. Second trailer. First full trailer. Final trailer. Full fat trailer. Full fat, fatty fat goodness trailer fats. The dummy from 1978's Magic. Let's bring back a whole bunch of old characters. I mean, literally, in some cases. There's got to be a uh, a TV trope entry for when horror movies do this. Like long-running horror franchises do this. It's been done a few times, hasn't it? Surely. So, yeah, so, what I mean. so, That's what I mean, yeah. so the premise of this is it's immediately after Halloween 2018, meaning that in this quadrilogy, by the time next year's one comes out, we will have two movies called Halloween, and then Halloween kills and Halloween ends. Yeah, so Halloween comes after Halloween. Yeah. Well, Halloween... Ha- Halloween comes 30 years after Halloween. Yes. And then Halloween kills comes 30 minutes after Halloween, but not Halloween. No, it's only no. 30 years after Halloween. It's yeah. only 30 minutes after Halloween. <laughs> Jesus. Halloween. Um, Michael Myers survives the, the trap. Uh, uh, the uh, household that Laurie Strode had set up uh, No man town. could survive that. No man could survive that. No. Now the shape, for that matter. The shape. Um, <clears throat> and he's coming back to kill everybody. And it looks like <clears throat> either the whole town, is Haddonfield, is suddenly aware, or Laurie sounds the alarms because we've now got people who have also grown up with the trauma of that event. Other survivors from that night. Yeah, some, some we know... Other, I mean, the last film sort of implied, didn't it? Like, people in the town, you had, like, there's, there's yeah. like, the, the sheriff's uh, deputy or whatever, and stuff. Yeah. There's all these implications of there are people who really remember. It's not just the people who lived on that street. The whole town yeah. remembers the events of that night because they either know someone who's involved, witnessed it, read about it in the paper the next morning, like, whatever they all knew. And and that, that, that terror is in the DNA of Haddonfield. Like people are waiting, none, none so more than those who the trailer highlights says, "Oh shit, that character was in the original." Literally oh shit, that side character was in the original. Side, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, including a character who's already been reprised in the original film series before they rebooted it twice. Yes, Paul Rudd's um, debut motion picture. Yes, um, albeit not played by Paul Rudd this time. No, would have been a bit distracting. I think. Anthony Michael Hall this time around. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, more of the same. More of the same. But part part two of three slash part three of four. Yeah. But basically part one of two. Like, the original two. Oh, God. Halloween. Halloween and <laughs> Halloween 2018. Try not to think too much about it. Just have fun. And that goes for all of you at home. Um, um, Halloween and Halloween 2018 are their own sort of thing. Yeah. And then this is 
a, this is a two-hander. Like these two Halloween kills and Halloween ends are filmed back to back, filmed at the same filmed at the same time, two production blocks back to back. Yes, and they're intended to be watched as a part one and part two. Although. Oh. The existence of the silver shamrock mask would suggest that Season of the Witch is possibly canon. <laughs> I fucking hope so. <laughs> Do you know what I think that is? I Almost think, made it through that sentence with a straight face. I think, no, I'm not even kidding, I kind of hope it is in a I weird fucked up way. Or at the very least, that the company is. Halloween like, 3 is fucking bonkers. It's I great. love it. For those who don't know, it's the only film in the original series that has fuck all to do with the rest of the series. Because that was the plan, wasn't it? The plan was there was going to be a new Halloween yeah. every year. It's going to be a, and each a, one was going to be a different... Yeah, different stories about different things. But the first one was so popular that the second one became an immediate sequel. Halloween 2. Because uh, it's like two years later and it's like 1980 or something like that. It was like a two-year 1981 was Halloween 2. So three oh, three years. Year but uh, it's set immediately after the events of Halloween. Like, So you watch Halloween yeah. and then you watch Halloween 2. Then Halloween three because they're like right we've done we've done Michael Myers now we've done that we've done that we had two really fun outings with it and they try they change up the setting a bit of the second one so it doesn't feel like a repeat of the first one and it becomes more about like a family mystery and and what everyone's connections really are in the events yeah. and you know then the third one is like right we're doing the anthology kids masks heads melting and masks witches and fucking satan worship and shit let's do it why not turn your heads into bags <laughs> happy happy halloween um, oh it's so good and then uh, uncredited um, writing work on it by nigel neal as well really yeah okay and then that doesn't do well financially or critically because people are going it's not michael myers though so they also, chicken it is out. A fucking weird, bonkers movie. They like, chicken out, and the fourth one goes back to fuck back to formula. Back um, to formula. So the series becomes about Michael Myers again, and then in itself, itself goes into like satanic rituals and cult storylines as it goes on, and then it gets sort of rebooted with Halloween H two O. Yeah, which uh, pretends that only the first two happened. Well, it sort of pretends that the first two happened and alludes to four, five, and six yeah. maybe having happened. And then Halloween Resurrection, which is a sequel to H2O, which pretends that only one, two, and H2O happened for definite. It's just <laughs> fucking bonkers, Then Rob Zombie man. reboots it as Halloween and Halloween 2 in the 2000s and early 2010s. Yeah, in his, in his imitable Rob Zombie style. Where he does some interesting stuff with it, but also kind of completely misses the point of the mystery of Michael Myers just being this thing sounds like rob zombie and then we get halloween in 2018 which ignores all of them except for the original 1978 halloween but now we're getting visual nods very obvious visual nods to season of the witch <laughs> which i'll be honest i think it's just them going do you know what we the people who make yeah. this we love that movie we're gonna why not what we need kids in halloween masks fuck it yeah let's just do it. the masks from season of the witch it's like, it, it, go for why it. Not? Why go fuck for not? it. Happy, happy Halloween, silver bloody shamrock. Um, happy, happy Halloween. Halloween, Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween, silver shamrock. Uh, I'm looking forward to this. We are getting it like next week, I think, is when it comes out over here, right? No, it's October. It's still, still a couple of weeks yet. Like, oh, that's it. America are getting it's it in theatres soon. October 17th is the release date, I think. I know America have got a staggered release though. 
One or the other, they're getting it in theatres first and then they're getting it on Peacock. Oh, yeah, that streaming service that everyone definitely watches. Because I guess NBC put money... Well, it's a universal streaming service, isn't it? Do Universal have ties into this one? I have no fucking idea, man. Who is it? Who is it? Halloween. I've not got this. I've just looked at my shelf like for answers, but the one I've got over here is the 78 one, so that doesn't answer <laughs> any questions. <laughs> happy, happy Halloween. I think, it is. I think it is Universal. Um, so, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. I want it, and I want it in my life. I want it in my life. I want it in my own holes. Ooh. Oh, bitch, please. Bitch, please. Bitch, tits. Uh, yeah, October 15th for us. Oh, shit. Okay, we got a while then. Yeah, a couple of weeks. Should we marathon all the movies we need to marathon to get everyone up to speed for a special episode? What? Halloween and Halloween? Yeah. Yeah, all right. <laughs> You can watch Halloween and Halloween again. We there are no a, other movies. We did a Halloween ha- an episode, to be fair. In the in prep for Halloween 2018, we watched Halloween 78 and chatted about it. We did it. I think we did it in both one, both in one episode. Actually. It's been a while. It's, it's been, been a while. It's been three years. I, I got married that. the same month we did that. There's been a pandemic. There still is a pandemic. Shit's happened. Oh, um, God. So, like, last year, we were meant to be in Florida on our second anniversary. Yeah. To celebrate that we got married in Florida two years prior. Yeah. This year, we obviously didn't happen, and then this year we ain't going to be anywhere on the anniversary, and we're having Ooh. one of those months. So you know what we're doing to celebrate? Just getting a big pizza takeout, oh, watching a film. Big pizza, mate. <laughs> big pizza. Big pizza. Anyway, enough joy. Enough uh, joy. <laughs> On to terrible things. On to well, mate. Let's do it. Spoiler free nope. for a couple minutes just to sum up what it is. Nope, it's rubbish is what it is. So this week's episode, last week's episode of Marvel's What If. Yeah, Marvel. What If, what if? Uh, was what if, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark's life? To which you go, wait, what? So we begin at the very fucking beginning of the MCU with Tony taking the trip. Uh, on his favourite rocket ship, blasting through the sky. Actually, um, what's his name? Winget. Mick Winget does Mick a good Winget job. Doing a good job of emulating uh, he's Downey like, Jr. He's like late. Uh, he's like uh, late Bell with uh, Natasha. Yes. Like it's not an it's not a spot on impression, but, but there's, it's a, close there's a flavour. Yeah. yeah, there's a flavour of the actor's voice in there. I mean, it wouldn't surprise you that Mick Winget has done a bit of Iron Man stuff before what? this. Uh, and, and like the guy from Earth's Mightiest Heroes, who also does a pretty good like sort. I'd say his is closer to Downey Jr. Who is also the guy who plays uh, Talbot in Agents of Shield. Yes, yes. Yeah. But both those actors um, who've played Iron Man, like Mick Winger and that fella. Yes. Both of them have also voice doubled for Jack Black. Shit. Both of them have made a, a career or a decent portion of their voiceover career playing both Robert Downey Jr. characters and Jack Black characters in voiceover. They're the guys for those two actors. Wow. Weird, right? Yeah, that is weird. But you can kind of hear it. You can hear them both yeah, in the no, voice. I can hear it. I can it's hear it. It's mad. It's just weird. Um, so when do we just get an episode where Tony Stark is just played by Jack Black? What if Tony Stark was in Tenacious D? What if? <laughs> what if? Truth is, I am Iron Man. <laughs> I am and the Ironist Man. And here's, here's my sidekick, 
Young Nasty Man! <laughs> That's um, right. I am very hard. <laughs> like iron! <laughs> the Avengers starring Wonder Boy and Young Nasty Man. Um, so... <laughs> Rage Cage coming out with the lion. That's my secret. I'm always angry. <laughs> Just slips off his crocs. <laughs> <laughs> runs at the Leviathan. You'd pay to see it. Let's be honest. I do love the D. I I do. Uh, so I hear. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So it's the same as Iron Man, but rubbish. Stark. <laughs> yeah, Stark. <laughs> Stark is Stark isn't caught in sort of the blast of his bomb and 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 shaken up and then taken in by the Ten Rings. No, the Ten Rings assault on the the troops happens, but then Eric Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan, rocks up. Saves his life. They apparently then deal with that terrorist cell then and there. They get back. He gives his press conference. Of course, now it's not just him like going to get a cheeseburger because he's not knackered and he's not malnourished and it's not several months later. It's like the next day. It's like, look at the dude who saved my life. That, that I've got to say, that's, that mates. is some of the... Be- that scene yeah. at the press conference is some of the best dialogue in this show so far for me because it felt like it was a scene from Iron Man. Yeah. Like it was all new dialogue, but I was like, this feels like it's come from that film. Mm. This is really... The way Stark handled the press, we get Christine Everhart again. Um, like, But the way he handled the press and everything, it's like, that, that's nuts. I feel like I'm watching a deleted scene from Iron Man. This is really strange. And Killmonger, out and out, exposes uh, uh, Stane's right plan. Right and there, yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, they were hired by you, you dickhead, and I've got the proof. And he gets arrested. And then suddenly it's like, you're the new head of security. And Happy's like, I was going to be my job. Um, <laughs> reference to Iron Man 3. Sure. Um, and yeah, basically what follows is Killmonger works with the company and, and Iron Man never makes the armor, but Killmonger's got an idea for some like attack drones. We yeah. sort of see Stark's ingenuity going into these pieces. Um, and then, uh, people that Stark works with or was trying to do deals with start getting bumped off and then eventually Stark gets bumped off and then Killmonger decides to pay a visit to his home nation of Wakanda with his army of drones so again pre-spoilers <coughs> Tony Tony died shut up because um, that seems to be a tradition in what if if Tony shows up yeah. in the story he dies or is undead kill him um Essentially, what we've got is Iron Man leading into the plot of Black Panther. Yeah. Eight years early. Yeah. Which begs a few continuity questions with at least two characters. Two specific characters confuse the fuck out of me in terms of like what's going on. We'll get Claw there. Claw partially. We'll get there. Killmonger especially. Yeah. Um, because other characters acknowledge that it's eight years early. Yes. T'Challa's role is believable because we do know that he was at least training for something before the events of Civil War when we first meet him. Yeah, It's not far-fetched to believe he would already be in that role whilst his father is still king. Yeah, uh, His father is clearly younger. His mother is clearly younger. Yeah, Shuri is definitely younger. Yeah. Killmonger looks like he does in 2016. What? So that's weird. Um, 
Stuff we like, stuff we dislike, without going into too many spoilers. I think all the voice actors do a damn fine job in this. The voice acting is usually pretty solid in it, it, yeah. it. Again, it's mostly a returning cast. Like, the only people you're not getting returning are Iron Man, uh, Pepper Potts, and uh, I'm sure he obviously is cast younger. Uh, and, um, oh god, my brain. That one. Oh shit. Oh, uh, Shuri. Yeah. Sorry, Shuri. Yeah, not Shuri. Uh, General Ross. General Ross. Oh, yes. And, and and Jeff Bridges, but it's like oh, it's like two yeah. lines of dialogue. But then again, yeah. so so was so was so was Jarvis in this episode. Paul Bettany gets yeah. like fifth credit, and he has one line. Paul Bettany loves coming back for this kind of stuff. He loves it. <laughs> he fucking Wait, loves you want me to come back and play the role my kids thought was boring? Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay. Um, Have you uh, lain awake at night and thinking why you're not in Star Wars? This week was <laughs> this week was the was the. The animation. This was this week was the week where I realised how much I do actually love the animation, because when it's directed well, certain shots look glorious. It was also the week where certain set pieces were played out in the most boring way they could be visually. It was generally, I thought, a very kind of a boring episode. Uh, again, no spoilers. Its biggest, its its recurring flaw. It honestly felt like it wasn't going anywhere. And then and it then it goes somewhere really quick. Yeah, and then it, yeah. but doesn't really do anything significant. Yeah, and I'm starting to wonder whether or not this is a casualty of what seems to be creeping into the horizon, which is an inevitable. All of these are going to interconnect at some point. Yeah, which if if that's the case, it might retroactively make this one just the oh, it's the mid season. Eh. What if that's but it's the case? In, but it's in service of this, so as a whole package, fair enough. But to me, that's against what I find appealing about What If, which is random one-off stories that fuck around with the concepts. It's in service of my balls. <laughs> We're going to go into spoilers. If you don't want to hear spoilers about What If, What If Iron Man was saved by Killmonger or whatever, get out of here with my holes. Um, They're my eye holes. Here we go. Spoilers. Right. The fuck was the point? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, Killmonger comes up. The, the what if here isn't what if Killmonger saved Stark. It's what if Killmonger earlier had come up with a plan yeah. to infiltrate Wakanda. Like, there's no. Because, like, what happens in Black Panther? He's done all this stuff. He's been special ops for years. He's been a killer. And to the credit in this, when we see him shirtless with he's the got scars, scars yeah. he's got way less scars than he does in Black Panther. Because, of course, he's not killed as many people yet. Yeah. But. In Black Panther, he's done all that. He's the he's the son of Najobu. He's yeah. he's arguably joint rightful heir to the throne of Wakanda. Yeah. Um. And he's pissed. He's pissed off that his dad was killed by T'Chaka. Yeah. Uh, and he wants to get revenge. So he does all what he does for years. Then he builds up connections with Claw's outfit. Yeah. To begin the final sting that will eventually lead to what we think forcefully infiltrating Wakanda. But then you realize. No, he kills Claw and uses him as a bartering chip. Yeah, to get into the throne room yeah. and then begin the fuck up of Wakanda. Of course, the other factor being T'Chaka's gone. Yes, and you understand that maybe T'Chaka's assassination was the motivation he needed for. I don't get to get revenge on my father's killer, the man who I blame response blame for it. Yes, but I can at least right the wrongs. And also, his other motivation is he's like. Why are any black people anywhere subjugated when Wakanda could fucking liberate them and like destroy white supremacy in every way, specifically yes. violently? Like that is his like yeah. You know, 
and Killmonger's entire thing in that movie is you come away from it going, I see your point of view. You are absolutely trying to do the right thing. You are doing it in every wrong way possible. Yeah. That's why he's a compelling character. In this, that's still his plan. But now he's playing a long game. Started early. Started eight years early game, yeah. and he's playing a long game. So, I don't know that the timing works out personally. Yeah, the prologue for Black Panther takes place in 91, I think? The the, the, the prologue of the original movie. Uh, I'm looking at the poster of it on the wall behind you, hoping it'll give me answers. It will not. But unless that poster's um, got like... So, scene one. Google, help. Help us, Mr. Google. Help, help me, Mr. Google. <laughs> don't ever make that sound again. Oh, boy. Google. Oh God no! Oh boy! Oh God no! Fiddle fingers! No! Please stop! <laughs> or else oh boy! Dump on your balls. Um. So, takes place like in. So. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were looking it up. I'm I'm looking it up to see if there's a proper timeline. Is what I'm looking up. Oh no, saw that. I just I just need the I just need the opening of Black Panther. Uh, the I very, don't the very care. beginning. Um. I don't even know what the fuck's your problem. There's a police cocaine boat from Miami. And that's the last I'll ever quote that racist prick. <laughs> um, where is the plot? I want to see your... 992. Oh, okay. 992 in Oakland. So let's say, let's, for argument's sake, let's say, at 992 that is, and the events of Black Panther take place immediately after the Civil War in 2016. Yeah. So let's say, for the sake of argument, that 1992... Eric Killmonger, because we see him, he's quite young. He's not a tiny kid, but he's also not a teen yet. Yeah? Yeah. So let's say he was... Hmm. Let's say he was seven. Yeah. Just okay. just, just around that age, seven, eight. But let's say he was... Okay, let's say he's eight in 1992. Yeah. He's eight in 1992, which would make him how old in 1996? Twelve. Yeah. Black Panther is then 20 years after that, 1996, yeah. so he would be 32. That is a believable age for Michael B. Jordan's character to be in the events of Black Panther, yeah. based on his experience, his training, um, the fact that he'd be closer to T'Challa's age, because that's part of like his contention for why he believes he deserves the throne. Yes. Um, and Michael B. Jordan himself was in his early 30s at the time of that film. Yes. Uh, late 20s, early 30s. Yes. So, so he was 32 in, in 2016, meaning in 2008, he would be 24. Young, but not impossible. Not impossible. But for his design to be exactly the same in this as what he would be at, say, age 32. Yeah, it's only a decade earlier. And... Yeah, he's got less kills. There is a visible sign when we see him shirtless, because even in even even in animation, we've got to get the female gaze shot in yep. there. Um, I'm not saying no, thank you. But, like, he's got less scars. That is visibly the only difference in his design. Yeah. He's not played as younger. He's actually played as wiser, if anything, because he's playing that, you know, more devious, because he's playing the long game. Yeah. We also don't get any explanation in the episode. And I know people aren't watching these necessarily fresh. They're probably watching them because they've watched the movies. We don't get yes. any explanation as to what he's up to. Or where he stands on the thing with his dad or T'Chaka. Yeah. We get the insinuation toward the end where he's like, why couldn't we use all this to, you know, like, free our brothers and sisters around the world? 
So you, you get a... Ah, and if you know the Black Panther movie, you're like, oh, he's st- like this is still his objective. I think, I think but if you've not watched it, it, yeah, if you've not watched it, there's no connection. It is relying on you having watched. It's relying on you having watched and deeply knowing the yes. events of that movie. Not just having a passing not just familiarity that film, with it. Iron Man as well. Yeah. Deeply knowing the Which, events of that movie to know why nothing's being done from a certain point for certain characters. To be fair, at I think for a series like this, that's not an unreasonable assumption to make about your own. Oh, sure, sure. But Killmonger's plot is not as ubiquitous as, say, in terms of widely known, sorry, as, say, the death of Uncle Ben or Captain America being a skinny guy turning a big guy. Like, you have to have watched Black Panther recently or be a saddo like us to remember that exact strain. Do you know what I mean? it's It's a very specific... Like, Zombies episode even... You don't need to know any plots. You yeah. just, you just, you. Oh yeah, Hulk crashes into Earth in Avengers thing. You don't need. Oh, it's that. But he's arrived and everyone's dead. There you go. Like in terms of like the starting, everyone's dead. Everyone's undead, Dave. Hey. In terms of starting the story, it's a straightforward kind yeah. of thing. You don't have to remember Iron Man two specifically for Episode three to work. Because you see, it's a scene with Fury and and Widow and yeah, Stark. Yeah, that's Stark cool. dies. So then you get the gist that oh. Everyone we know is going to be an Avenger is going to get killed off somehow. So you follow yes. that. Uh, like e- each one kind of works. Like T'Challa as Star Lord is its own thing. It's very much its own thing. It's the most kind of original one out of the six so far. Yeah, that's true. But even that is just oh yeah, it's Black Panther instead of Chris Pratt. Yeah, and there's the starting point. You don't have to know anything else. You can just watch the story unfold that happens. Yeah, like. If you remember the movies or you know the nods, it's just a little reward. Yeah. It's a little kind of, oh, yeah, oh, I remember, okay, all I right. Know, I understood that reference. Yeah, yeah. Episode four, again, Doctor Strange, his love dies and he becomes a maniac. And during the story, the Ancient One shows up and is like, this isn't supposed to happen, dude. What are you doing? And the finale of that episode is, hi, here's you, not a prick. Can you go and sort this out? Yeah. It, it's a self-contained story that does its own thing. This one isn't even self-contained. There's no conclusion. And I think that's the problem we're having. Like the conclusion should one. have been the declaration of war against Wakanda from the United States. Because then at least you're like, wait, what? Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, stuff's going to kick off. But then you have to have a suggestion of what he's going to do with that. Because at the moment, all he's going to do with that is fight some drones he co-designed when the America inevitably send more. Yeah. And? And also, huh? would America declare war on a country... That they don't necessarily know exists. It's only known through intel by the government and the yeah. military. They're not going to declare war on... Because at this point on... in its history, no one knows what Wakanda is beyond, like, oh, it's a it's a vague, like, quiet... This ain't a civil war. Wakanda, as far as the world is concerned, is a small African nation yeah. that's got its own, like, monarchy, and yeah. and that's all it is, and it, it deals in textiles imports, and it, it's, it's, you know, it, it's... It, it's its own that's little thing. Do, yeah. like it's very it's very secretive, but that's because it's very unguarded and very quiet and, and very, you know, um, quaint. There's no mineral wealth there, so no one's ever really tried to exploit yeah. it. Yeah, and of course the secret is, nah, it's a fucking like, entire mega city funded yeah. by, like, fueled by geniuses run from an alien meteorite that created the rarest metal on Earth. Yeah. That is not known by many people. I mean, for fuck's sake, even, even in like... Civil War, when they're getting hold of Vibranium... Uh, not Civil War, Age of Ultron, when they're getting hold of Vibranium 
yeah. from Claw to use for Ultron's like upgraded body. Um, it's the whole thing of like no one knows about it, but Claw's like, oh no, I've seen it. Yeah, I've yeah. got, I've got your, sh- I've got your shit right here. Like it's so off the grid. But in this, it's like we're gonna war with Wakanda. We're like, why? Why would you do that? Yeah. Also, like if like you don't know that it's a it, it's a, a you know a technologically advanced like. Basically, if a Chinese agent killed Mark Zuckerberg, the US would not declare war on China. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? What this needs is it needed him to confront T'Chaka, us get a recap of the events of his father's death. Yeah. And for him to, at the end, like, kill T'Chaka and take dominance of the throne of Wakanda. But no, that threatens because, to be interesting. Because, because that's what I'm saying. Because then that at least would be the ending where you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Because then it's left on that whole, oh, he got what he wanted and he played the long game. He played such a long game that it started at the beginning of this cinematic universe, not even the events of his own movie that Mm. he was in. And it's like, you could have done something with that. But instead, the sort of conclusion slash twist is, oh, America might be coming to fight as well. I guess it's a good job I'm here to help you fight them. Old family, old buddies, old pals. And then Kid Shuri somehow escapes Wakanda. To get to Pepper Potts to be like, hi, yeah, I think he's up to something, maybe. Let's yeah. work together. And that's it. Like, I know episode three kind of had that PS with Loki taking control of Earth and then Nick Fury gun and finding Captain America and calling in Captain Marvel. But that at least sets up in your head the idea of, oh, maybe there will be Avengers in this world after all. Yeah. And it's sort of like, that's it's a little PS. Whereas in this, the PS was the, no, that should be the conclusion. Yeah. Like, what is happening? I, huh? So that yeah. yeah, I mean, before I want to hear I want to hear you go off, King. But like before we do stuff we actually liked, loved seeing um, Angela Bassett as the head of the Dora Milaje kicking ass. Yeah, with Okoye as sort of her second in command. That was really cool. Yeah, um, I think the returning voice actor, returning actors did a really good job. Yeah, especially Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, cause like he had to play a lot of what I'm saying is not what I actually mean. In animation. Yeah, that could be tricky, can't it? And he did it very well. Um, I think the brief Black Panther fight sequence was surprising. Did not see that fucking coming. Mm. So when it did happen, I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Circus having a fucking ball, as always, playing Claw. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I did wonder when they were like, we're going to bring Rhodey in. I was like, is it going to be Cheadle? I mean, it will be Cheadle voicing him. But are they going to do what they sort of did with Banner in episode three? Split the difference. Where they kind of like, it was Ruffalo. Yeah. But the design was sort of soft Ruffalo. So if you wanted to imagine Edward Norton, you could. I bet Ruffalo is lovely and soft. Oh, God. So I, th- I wondered if they were going to at least give, like, Don Cheadle Terence Howard's facial hair from that first movie. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? Oh, just, like yeah. a little, just like a little bit of a beard. Yeah. Just to sort of go, there, because he has like a moustache, doesn't he? It's like, give him that. So you could be like, oh, okay, it's Don Cheadle recast as Rhodey in the first film's events. Yeah, it is like they did, a moustache. I think they had a facial hair shortage in the animation department, though, because Stains', Stains was beard was nowhere near as yeah, big as it, it is in not, the film. it was not. Tony Stark built this in a... Okay, with a box of scrap! Then again! Then again! Was his beard that thick at the start of the movie, or was it that thick after the three months of trying to get Tony back? I don't know. I'd have to check that phone, that topless video phone call. <laughs> from the very beginning of the movie yeah oh god uh, fucking hell um what else I think Gwyneth Paltrow I can't remember who it is but whoever plays Pepper Potts does a really good job um, that's the first time I've ever said that no 
Cruel. Um, Cruel. It's nice to hear John Favreau and Paul Bettany. I just wish we'd heard more of them. Yep. Um, it would have been cool to see or get background hints of the ev- superhero events going on as background pretty, noise because it's, it's well that's the thing before all that, though. but there's a there's a time skip in the first oh, like yeah, 15 minutes where like he's been Tony's head of whatever for like months now even so you're a couple of well, Ross gets involved can we not have a mention of him being pulled away from the business in whatever no because that happens two weeks before um... or have him well, well does it because episode 3 sets up the events of Incredible Hulk Captain after Iron Man 2 oh yeah and Iron Man 2 doesn't happen that long after the events of Iron Man. Ah, yeah. So we could have some kind of inkling. I don't know. I think it, uh, I think it's a bit too early for any of that stuff to be going on. True. That's true. And, um, um, yeah. Uh, there was stuff I liked, but... And it, this, is, this is still not my least favourite, funnily enough. Zombies is still my least favourite. This is my least favourite. But I think that's because I'm kind of waiting to see if this does play a role in wherever this series is hinting that it's going before the end of the run. I think I'm, the... I'm curious as to whether or not that will make me go, okay, as a stepping stone, I don't hate this so much. Because, yeah. I, like, the long game, Doctor Who Series 1. Yeah. The long game is fun, but it's not great. But then mm. when you realise that it's one of the three puzzle pieces that makes Bad Wolf and Partner of the Ways what it is, yeah. retroactively, it's sort of like, oh, yeah, you're not wrong. I don't like it's fine, but I also appreciate the subtle world building it's doing without me knowing it. Yeah. To prepare me for this. Yeah. You're which not which a lot of American TV shows, especially, they don't not as not as many American TV shows do twenty two episodes a season now. No. Like they've started to cotton on that we could just do ten episodes and spend the money across ten instead. Yeah. But like, you tell better stories that way. Yeah, a lot of twenty two episode seasons have about ten in the middle that are give or take. But they still sometimes do stuff to build up for later on. And you're like, okay, sure, all right. Like, if I'm going to binge it, I won't skip these. Because it will overall aid the package. So as a result, I'm going to hold off on whether or not I think this one's worse than Zombie. Like, I'm I'm going to let it see if it informs the the larger piece more before I decide. Yeah. Whereas Zombies, I'm like, that's not going to inform the larger piece. We'll probably get, like, some... In the crossover, we'll probably get the zombie virus is in part of it somewhere, but that doesn't change the episode for me. Mm. Matthew Lahargill Watson. Yes. Matthew um, the Bandrill Watson. Yes. Matthew that noise that the Zarbi make Watson. I can't do the noise. I'm sorry. Um, what is bubbling in your cauldron right now? Because you've stroked your beard down to a fine powder. Well. Waiting to open up the floodgate. Well, my little venom grub. Um, I will say <laughs> that the biggest problem with this episode is that I did not give a single shit. I just didn't care. It was nearly a fuck. It was nearly a fuck. But you realise it was more of a turd. Mm. Oh, God. I just... I just didn't care. It was just boring. It's like, I, did, I don't think they did anything interesting with the concept. They just did a slightly different take on Iron Man. And, oh, we're doing Black Panther now, but we're not actually going to do anything interesting with it. Like, 
Oh, look. because there's no interesting pieces in place yet. Yeah, exactly. T'Challa's to Char- to training or is, or is now the Black Panther when he's needed to be sent out. Yeah. But we don't really spend much time with it. I mean, obviously it's played for shock because he gets killed. And you're like, oh shit, yeah. they killed him off. Um, it's just like, what would happen if this if this was different? Oh, well, this character would die and 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 actually it wouldn't even really matter. Hmm. And it, it does have the same problem where it leads to an ending that isn't really an ending. Yeah. It's just a... It's this, the, pro- the problem with the last couple of these what-ifs is they've been first acts. Yeah. Yeah. It's the unbreakable thing. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Only unbreakable is actually pretty good. And you don't want it second and third act. You no, think you do. You do but you don't. <laughs> you actually really don't. You really especially don't. Especially it's third act. <laughs> Have you had a chance to see Glass yet? No. Mate. No. I, your review Mate. and that one of my favourite thumbnails I've ever made for this show. That's enough for me. Because now I have fun memories of... Your review is hilarious, and that thumbnail's nice. That, that's, that's all I need. It, that's all I need. If it comes on streaming, we'll have to do it. We'll have to do a drunken movie night, because it is bad. <laughs> Shyamalan really superhero bad. trilogy. Let's do, let's do Unbreakable Split and Glass. I can't do them all in one sitting. I would actually die. <laughs> Tell you what, we'll do, them, we'll do them as Patreon commentaries, and then we'll do an episode where we talk about all three. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, see, we got, got something got out of this discussion of what if episodes. Our X Men, fucking, we got two movies to go with X Men. Yeah, fuck. Two one, to one go. One of them's free on streaming, and I'm, I think part of me's still holding out for New Mutants to become free. It's on now TV. I've, I've seen it. I know you have, you poor bastard. Mm. Mm. You know what? Yeah, that's just some decent stuff to talk about there. Sequel baits, though, doesn't but it? But that's another. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll get to that. Uh, not today, though. Um, so. <laughs> What's the problem with... Um, yeah, it's just... I don't... I just don't care about any of it. And it just... Everything happens a little too quickly and everyone's a little too glib, which is saying something for an MCU property. Like, and... It just... None of it really has time to land. It's rushed. Considering how, like, sinister our lead character's intentions and actions are... It didn't feel anywhere near as dark as we know the show can go. No, it didn't. Like episode four was like, this is unnerving. Yeah. Like, this is really disturbing. Um, five for its faults still had moments like that where you were like, between the unnecessary joking, where you were like, okay, that was kind of creepy. Yeah, but again, tonally it was a bit of a... And I think tonally this is a little bit of a mess as well. Like, I think it is too funny in places. Hmm. Things like the, 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 the happy gag about the security being his job. Mm-hmm. It's like... I get where they're going, it, it's but it's too just early on because you're still yeah. like, "What's the, what's happening here? Yeah. Why is Killmonger involved at yeah. this point?" Because again, that's the, just... the, the the difference is that basically he got wind of the Ten Rings, uh, the Ten Rings plans. Yeah. So he decided to use that opportunity. Yeah. To because because you get that fir- the first like seed is planted where like whoever it is looks him up and it's like yeah his unit was like forty clicks yeah. in the other direction the on another place. mission. Yeah. So why was he here? And I was like, okay, that's going to be... The... I thought the plot this episode was going to be Pepper and Happy and, and Rhodey investigating what the fuck was going on. But no. That's what I thought it was going to be. They just skipped to Black Panther. But, yeah, they made Killmonger our main character, and yet we never really found out what his exact motivations were. We can only infer what they were because from seen having Black seen Panther. the movie, yeah. even though this is the same character eight years earlier in his personal timeline. Yeah. Like, 
Uh, and yeah. he isn't as angry and bitter as he is in, in Black Panther, to be fair. Because again, yeah, in that it's stewed more. Yeah. Um, but I just... It just does... Uh, it just didn't work for me. It, it was a series of... And? Yeah. And? Ponder the and, question. And? and? Do you know what? It was, it was boring improv. It was, yeah, yeah, it, it was, was yes and. Imp- it it was, was yes and. It was boring improv. Um, it just did not hit any... And it's it's doing that annoying thing where it hits certain plot beats to go, ah, uh, ah, uh, see, that's a twist on this one. Yeah, uh, but, but uh. only using two and a bit movies. Yeah. One of which doesn't work as well because Black Panther's events, a lot's changed in terms of Wakanda and the structure of the characters by that point. Where's the border the tribe? Black Panther. Where is the border tribe? That's true. Where's the border tribe? Um, I mean, we know that they, we know that they, uh, hang on, the border tribe. Is that the security force? Yeah. That yeah. Guard the border. We know, we know that they, they show up at the battle. Like we see them show up at the battle, but like they're not throughout they're not there. They're not actually no guarding, the border. guarding the border. Because um, we get that he kills um, Claw as a way in thing again. Yeah. Like you mentioned earlier. <clears throat> but we don't get the border tribe meeting. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and we get like I'll... a couple, we get like a couple of Dawn and Rilages yeah. walk up and go, what's, what's this about? What are you doing? And then like, what? So that also kind of gets rid of that wonderful uh, sort of bonding you have between Daniel Kaluuya's character and, and, and Killmonger Guerrero in... As well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, well, him, yeah. him and yeah. Killmonger seeing eye to yeah. eye that, in, in that's some gone. ways, yeah. But again, but, also, but again, Killmonger's like, playing this then again, sort of... Daniel Kaluuya's character might be like barely out of Wakandan High School at yeah. this point. Yeah, and all, but also, but in that, it... but also like Claws eight years prior, Claws in the same shipyard doing the same deals. Yeah, really? Huh? So how long has he had the vibranium for? When did he, he, he just sat like... there for eight? Well, Age of Ultron happens in twenty fifteen. So was he just sat there for seven years? Possibly. Before Ultron rocks up, rips his arm off. Yeah. Like, just... I mean, I don't think it's all fair to it. Oh, sorry. I don't it's think it's reasonable to assume, to assume that's that not that, one of his yeah, bases of operations. That would probably be yeah. like his main base of operations. Because but it was short. It's also shorthand visually because it's, it's there for us, the viewer, claw. to go, yeah. "Oh, it's Claw." And it's a lot of shorthand to make up for the fact that they're short episodes, but they don't do anything interesting with the extra time that they get from using all that shorthand. Here's an interesting fact for you. So I think we both is it. No, yeah. For the most, <laughs> for the most part, I think we both, we both, I, I think me a bit more so than yourself. But I think we both enjoyed. What if Peggy Carter took the Super Soldier Serum? Yeah, that was good fun. Um, and that one was obviously kind of that was sort of a soft core introduction to the idea of the series. Yeah. As in, you're basically going to watch the first Captain America movie again, but this is different, and the third act's going to be weird. Yeah. Um, and that was a big complaint for a lot of people. They're like, it's not different enough. And it's like they're doing this to soften it so that newbies to this idea. We'll go, oh, okay, I see what you... And then week two, they went, here's every fucking thing. T'Challa, Star-Lord. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, bring it on. I still don't buy that um, Thanos thing. But, but the first episode was a weak link for a lot of people. We didn't see it as much because we saw the function of the first episode. Yeah. The first episode and episode six, what if Killmonger saved Tony Stark, were by the same writer. Okay. So the cracks we could forgive the first time were definitely present here. Because we're seeing the it same thing. It stuck too close to the source material of Black Panther and assumed we knew it. Yeah. To tell an interesting story on its own. Which I I 
I hope... Fuck me, I hope that we... And based on some of the promo material that we've not seen executed yet, specifically a couple shots in the first trailer for the series, yeah. we've not seen the last of Killmonger. I hope we hmm. get... I hope we let Michael B. Jordan's um, fun flag fly and we get to see him do more with it. Because the hints of the hints of difference of Killmonger in this from what we know of him before were fun. The confession of his mech design is absolutely Gundam Wing inspired because he's an anime fan. Yeah. Which in itself is a reference to the fact that in My, real yeah. life Michael B. Jordan's yeah. a fucking huge weeb. He's a massive anime fan. People, of course, bring him, back up, bring him back up the fact that Vegeta's costume from Dragon Ball is basically Killmonger's yeah. outfit in the movies. And it's like, yeah, what's yeah. His, what's his kill count? It's over 9,000! Um, um, so... I fucking love it. That, uh, those little deviations? Yeah. I wanted more of that. Yeah. And we just no, I got, think that's a fair... That's a just, fair act. Just a conclusion. Just a scene where at the end he confronts T'Chaka and we realise... Like, have him gen- play it sincerely throughout the whole episode. Yeah. And have circumstances kill T'Challa, Rhodey... Um, Claw even, Tony Stark. Mm. Really fool us that this Killmonger eight years prior isn't the vicious guy we know mm. because it's at a different point in his perspective. And he just wants an in to Wakanda. Yeah. That's what he wants. So we can get there and just and have it have it be so it looks like what he's gonna do is basically just go, I don't know what happened to my dad. Do you know? Do you know what I mean? And then last minute have a scene where it's like, thank you, you've saved us from this weird invasion, this, that, that, and he fucking kills T'Chaka. Yeah, I was like, waiting for that. Do you know what I mean? And have it be like, yeah. oh shit, no, he's always been this. He's the one we know from the movie. He was always this. Yeah. Just this younger in his life, lifetime, this other plan, he played it a completely different way. And then you reveal that he killed Tony. He killed T'Char- T'Challa. He killed Rhodey. Do you know what I mean? Scooby-Doo it backwards. Yeah. Um... Because at least then you'd be like, oh, we should have trusted our instincts, but you fooled us. They didn't. They, this, Yeah. I'm holding off to and see how it. this plays yeah. into into the grand scheme of the series. Because have you noticed as well, like The Watcher hasn't connected with any episodes physically since episode four. No. But that's because we've not had any other characters since then that have been on that power level of, of Although we do get our best Supreme. look at him in this one. Yes. So the way they've done it is visually, yeah. we the viewers are seeing him more. Yes. Like talking to camera in the skyline and things like that. I'm still willing to let it play out. I mean, yeah, I'm going to see where it goes, but I just think this was a particular dip. Yeah. I just think, it, it, we've, had two, was, we've had two duds was, and this was, one was pretty duddy. Yeah. I just think it was, it was dull. Yeah. It was kind of boring. It didn't think it did anything interesting with the concept. I don't think the concept was that interesting to begin with. Um, so yeah, it just, it just didn't. It just failed on every level for me. Yeah, but to make things completely better, almost as if she knew you were in distress, um, Minnie ran into the room. She literally ran into the room and started climbing on my leg. And jumped into your arms. So uh, I'll po- I'll post that on the Instagram Sorry, after the episode's to... gone out onto, onto the Twitter after the episode's gone scoop out. Her up. Minnie knew. She was like Big Papa Matthew, Big Dan Mayhew. Big Papa Pump. Big Papa Pump. 
Mr. Irresistible. Mr. Irresistible is in distress. That episode has pissed him off. I'm going to come give him a cuddle. I'm not in distress anymore. Thank you. That, or she really enjoyed the episode and is playing on your allergies. (laughs) I'm not allergic to this little one. Oh my God, she looks so happy in your arms. Don't they all? A little feet are twitching. Were your little feet twitching, boys and girls? Did you like episode six of What If? Before next week... We want emails from folks who've watched the What If series so far and have had different thoughts to us. So that's by the Tuesday before yeah. after this comes out. Yeah. So if you can get them in uh, next few days, bigdamncontact at gmail.com or tweet them to us if you want to do it short form at BigDamnCast because... You've got till 6pm on the 28th of September. Damn right, sirs. Because here be the thing. We both pretty much like number one. Yeah. We both pretty fine. much like number two. Yeah, it's all right. Um, we both enjoyed number three for the most part again different levels of enjoyment i think i think you've been a constant five out of ten. Oh yeah number three's all right and i've been i've been sort of like a seven eight out of ten number four i think we've both fucking loved yeah and then the last two we've been really disappointed by yeah really disappointed do you guys feel different are we sour pusses or do you agree yeah are we missing something what are we missing BigDamnContact at gmail.com. Again, you can tweet us at BigDamnCast. You can throw us a few shekels. And hey, the more people help out on the Patreon, the more incentive we're going to have in terms of our busy lives yeah. to get some new commentaries together. We'd love to do that. Because we want to make sure that everybody on the, everyone around there right now is getting a lovely little community bit of bullshit nonsense in the Discord and we're having a laugh in the Discord. But let's get the commentaries going. Let's know that y'all want some more commentaries. Go and throw us a few shekels. It's a couple quid at most. Patreon.com slash BigDamnCast. Uh, and you, of course, can watch Matthew streaming his dirty little heart out, danteing oh. it up a tree, or yakuzering it like you read about. Yeah, it's yakuza now, baby. On Sundays, twitch.tv slash big damn stream. But until next week, we will leave you with this lovely bit of yes and improvisation. Hello, sir. Uh, is this the home for wayward children? Yes. And... Could I purchase one for my dinner? Yes. And? I would like to have one for dessert. Do you have a small child made of pudding? Yes. And? Uh, Fuck, we need Wayne Brady. Uh, God damn it.